Hello and welcome to Earth Matters, bringing you environmental and social justice stories. I'm Corey Green. Today we're looking at a highway duplication between Beaufort and Ararat. Vic Roads completed an environmental effects statement that said that they would cut down 221 large old trees in this project. Later the estimate went up to 1,635 of these valuable trees. Vic Road said that their original total, including appendices in the report, was 470. But even given that, 1,635 is three and a half times that number. Really, the situation is they have approval to remove 221. They've exceeded that perhaps four, five or six times. Who knows? Because um, personally, I don't trust the figures. But this isn't just about 1,600 trees. The duplication works are happening between Melbourne and Adelaide. This discrepancy shines a light on the lack of enforceable environmental regulation for these sorts of projects. The local community has formed a group called WAM, or Western Highway Alternative Mindsets, to hold Vic Rose to account. I'm talking to Helen Lewis. Well, WAM was formed about um, right at the start of the year, perhaps the end of last year, because people suddenly noticed that um, there was some terrible damage happening on the Western Highway, just uh, west of Beaufort, so going towards Ararat. And um, a lot of people didn't know about it, although Vic Roads claim they did consult widely and so on. But um, in act- whatever the reason, for whatever the reason, people didn't know, and many people who would have been very interested to know didn't. So it was terrible shock, especially to see the beautiful trees that have been there for so many hundred years just coming down, being carted off and chopped up for firewood or, you know, sawn as uh, sawn timber. Hi and welcome to the show. Can you please introduce yourself? Yeah, Greg Moore. I'm a Senior Research Associate of the University of Melbourne. And what's your area of expertise? Trees. Trees. Um, so today we're talking about um, some very large old trees, which is trees that are over 240 years old. Yes. What's the value of large old trees? Oh, they have lots of values. I mean, one of the uh, more obvious ones today is the uh, amount of carbon they sequester uh, in terms of the greenhouse effect. So big old trees sequester and hold an awful lot of carbon. And of course, they are wonderful in terms of uh, providing a, a diverse range of habitats and people normally think of, you know, birds and um, uh, koalas or possums, but the, the real habitat that trees provide are for the things that most people don't see, the fungi, the bacteria, the insects. So they are very rich in the microflora and fauna that they provide habitat for. What sort of trees are we talking about? Mainly red gums, but um, some yellow box trees as well, um, and close to both but there were lots of very beautiful trees that have got a very pure white stem they are candle barks hmm. and also another tree that's got its common name is or one of the common names is scent bark and that's because um, in the right when you take the right sample uh, its bark does have a beautiful eucalyptus scent so that's um, eucalyptus aramifloia and um, Vic Rhodes has removed pretty much all of those in that area. And a lot of these trees are very useful for combating salinity 
and regulating, well, the water, I suppose, in, in the um, underground layers. I mean, there, as, as you know, there are huge um, impacts on the environment when a large old creek goes. It's, there are so many, they're significant for so many reasons. Anyway, that's why everybody got terribly upset and decided to form WAM and become informed, try and talk to Vic Roads, find out what was happening, do our research, try and talk some sense into Vic Roads and the government. At the time, they were just a new government and all this, this incredible disaster was actually put in train by the previous Napthine government. The destructive duplication, as they call it, although it's way more than a duplication, so what sort of um, other species of plant and animals were living amongst these trees? I mean, there's large birds. There are owls, there are eagles, um, kites, so there's all the raptors. There are the usual other birds, um, shrike, thrushes, uh, cockatoos, um, smaller birds, lots of the little honey, uh, honey eaters, um, robins blended wrens and all that sort of thing. And um, of the animals, there are koalas living in the area. They weren't recorded by the study. I think um, there's quite a lot that wasn't recorded by the study. Possums, echidnas. Um, I need to have a list in front of me to be able to just, you know, tell you everything. But that's fair some of the species. Um, what effect does it have on an ecosystem when you cut down all the trees, including these large old trees, and then replant saplings? Oh, well, there's, you've got a completely different ecosystem, to be perfectly honest. Um, young trees sequester relatively little carbon, so from that uh, point of view, they sequester carbon rapidly as they grow, of course, but it takes a long, long time for them to sequester as much as a big old tree. Uh, but you also lose all those little microhabitats that I was talking about before that provide uh, the places where the, the bacteria, the fungi um, and the insects of all sorts um, can find their uh, sort of accommodation and their food source. So as a consequence, normally what happens when you take out the big old trees, you're taking out a whole lot of habitat for other organisms and so you reduce the biodiversity of that particular site. And once you cut down these large old trees, is there any way to restore the ecosystem? Oh, yeah, look, the, the ecosystems will restore. Whether they come back to be exactly as they were before and as diverse as they were before, nobody really knows because it depends on how many of the old trees that you take out and what proportion of them that you take out. So, for example, if you take out all the trees, young and old, on a particular site, then that system never comes back to exactly what it was before. Maybe similar to, um, but it, it doesn't come back to exactly the same. Now, if you just take out, you know, if you take out a, a significant proportion of the older vegetation, you make a, a real difference to the habitat. And, and a good example of this for is for uh, many eucalypts, for example. It might take something between 150 to 250 years before they have sufficient hollows and, um, and uh, sort of nesting sites for uh, our various uh, birds and mammals. Uh, and many of those trees also take a long time before they have uh, appropriate sites for the, um, the fungi and the, the insects that uh, grow on them as well. Thanks for talking to us today. Can you please introduce yourself? 
Uh, I'm Mick McCarthy. I'm the Acting Executive Director of Regional Operations for VicRoads. Great. And can you please outline the improvements to the Western Highway? Yeah, as part of the um, Western Highway duplication, we've now completed duplicating from Ballarat to Beaufort, so that's been done over the past few years. And then currently under construction, we have duplication works from Beaufort to Ararat. So what we're doing is we're turning basically what is a two-lane, two-way rural highway into a four-lane road that will have a wide median um, and a lot of a lot of benefits for the community in terms of how they move around safer and more efficiently. The Western Highway has a, a reasonably poor safety record between Ballarat and Stool. So 11 lives have been lost on that section of road in the last five years and there have been 49 serious injuries. So um, some of the fatalities have involved vehicles leaving the road and hitting trees or having hit on um, crashes with vehicles coming the other direction. So uh, by separating the opposing directions of traffic, we are able to make the road a lot safer. And part of what we'll be doing as well is installing um, significant lengths of wire rope safety barrier to protect the vegetation and make it a safer journey for everyone. You're listening to Earth Matters, bringing you environmental and social justice stories. Today we're talking about the environmental effects of the widening of the Western Highway, particularly between Beaufort and Ararat. This is Helen Lewis from community group Western Highway Alternative Mindsets. And so what reason did Vic Roads give for widening the Western Highway? Um, depends on what day you ask them. Sometimes they say it's safety and that's, um, while of course everybody wants to have a safe road, but sometimes I think they use it for public relations reasons and some of their figures do need to be checked. Um, yes, of course we don't want people dying on the roads, but, um, you know, people, if, if there's ever an accident involving a tree, we hear big roads saying, oh, the tree must come down. If the accident involves another car, or say a transport, they don't say, oh, we must remove transport from cars. If they roll in a table drain, they don't say, oh, we'd better get rid of the drains. It's always um, the tree that's the fault, and that's what they want to remove. So I think we have to question that. Um, Another thing, and they've even put in a whole lot of power poles close to the road, on the, um, some of the new sections of the Western Highway. So, they, you know, people crash into them just as much as trees, but um, Vic Road doesn't seem to mind about that. So, in many ways, removing trees for safety is something that needs a little bit more looking into, I think. And another, another reason they give is that, oh, it's very busy and it needs to be wider. Well, they could have gone wider without you know, smashing through the, the environment. There were so many different ways they might have uh, fixed that problem without wrecking some of the best roadsides in Victoria. This is Greg Moore from the University of Melbourne. Oh, look, I think the, the, the issue here is that uh, when we're developing roads, like everybody else, I, I use roads, I like and I want good roads, but I don't think we want good roads just at any cost. And I know that uh, there is an argument that people like myself who are advocating for the trees uh, are placing the trees above human life. Now, that's simply untrue. What we're suggesting is that when you're looking at these systems, human life is of paramount importance, but sometimes for the spending of a few extra dollars, you can change the rate, the route of one of these roads, and it might cost you more money, but you preserve most of your vegetation or you lose much less of it and of course you can also install 
wire rope barriers which allow the trees to be much closer to the roadside so that you don't have to remove so many of them. So at the end of the day, I would observe that this is not an argument that put, puts um, vegetation above the value of human life. It's basically an argument about money and where you want to spend the money and how you want to spend the money. It's a matter of priority. And I think too often the important vegetation comes off second best when we rate and rank those priorities. Is there another way to achieve road safety and transport efficiency that removes fewer trees but maybe costs more money? Um, the planning process we went through here was over a couple of years, so it was probably over two years in the end, looking at multiple different options. So duplication is obviously a, a very good and well-proven way where you've got um, high levels of traffic, which we do out here. We're, we're the second busiest freight route in Australia, so the Hume Highway Melbourne to Sydney is the busiest, but the route out here is the uh, main Melbourne to Adelaide route. So we're moving large volumes of freight, um, which involves large volumes of trucks. We've got about a 30% um, commercial vehicle numbers on this road. So um, duplication is, is a high level of safety improvement, um, but as part of that, we're also doing a lot of work with wire rope safety barriers, um, improving delineation, the shoulders and, and those sort of things that, that are quite typical um, of road safety improvements. So the, there's, there's a challenging outcome we're trying to get here to improve road safety overall um, and working in this environment with scattered trees and the like is particularly challenging. The width of the road is, is excessive. Um, it's not just a duplication. I mean, sometimes I've gone one or, you know, they've, they've probably gone 10 or 20 times the size of the old single-laned highway. So, um, in our view, they didn't need to go so wide as that. They could have restricted the width of the road. Um, apparently, Vic Roads is happy with the Western Ring Road, which has, in some cases, four lanes and then a concrete barrier in the middle, four lanes the other side and concrete either side. If they view that safe there, why can't that be safe on the Western Highway, where there's um, speeds for transport are just the same. Transports are not meant to be able to go over 100 kph. So why they couldn't put something fairly uh, compact, like the Western Ring Road, through these areas um, is just a mystery. Um, have there been any proposals to increase public transport and train freight along these routes? No, but um, in Wayne's view, uh, they sh should be getting a lot of the off the road and onto rail. Um, that would save a lot of the, that would solve a lot of big road problems. But um, there are some organisations who are calling for the opposite, and I noticed that the, a new Ballarat Transport Strategy Green Paper is saying, well, the reason we want to get ordinary cars off the road and get people onto public transport is so we've got more room for freight and other businesses. So I don't know that that's really way ordinary people want to see their taxes spent. I think um, it should be the other way around. Well, I mean, it is good that um, people use public transport and that should be made available, but also the freight should be it's much more efficient to ship that around on rail than these incredible, um, you know, B doubles and B triples that are getting around now. You've been listening to Earth Matters, bringing you environmental and social justice stories. I'm Corey Green. 
Today we've been discussing the duplication of the Western Highway between Ararat and Beaufort. We've been talking to Helen Lewis from Western Highway's Alternative Mindsets, a group who are particularly concerned that Vic Roads is cutting down many more large old trees than they originally proposed in their environmental effects statement. So in the original environmental effects uh, report, it said that uh, there was going to be 470 total of these these very large old trees that would Actually, be... Actually, that's, that's another big road spin. They somehow found, but they can't tell us where they found it, an extra 200 or so trees that actually weren't mentioned in the EES. So it's actually, what was mentioned was 221. So that was really all they had approval for. And it's not just, that's not just a number of trees. That's a number of trees over about um, a diameter of... 120 centimetres, so they're, they're big trees. Sorry, no, over a diameter, between 80 and 120, sorry. So that's between about 240 and 360 years old in this area. So they're very old trees. Then when they came to count on the ground to sort of pace out where the road would go, they found it would be 1,635 trees. And then they did work a bit to reduce that to around 1,100. So, I mean, Vic Roads can be a little bit fast and loose with, um, well, I shouldn't say the truth, but perhaps um, their counting's not always what you would expect from engineers. So we really don't know how many large old trees they plan to remove, but it's far too many, and it's excessive compared to the 200 that they first said they, you know, should, and, and that they had approval for. This is Mick McCarthy from Big Roads. So in the original environmental effects statement for the Western Highway, the duplication from Beaufort to Ararat, Big Roads had a permit to cut down between 221 and 470 large old trees. Um, can you start off with the definition of large old tree? Uh, I don't have that definition in front of me. It's um, There's a complex, reasonably complex definition because it varies from different um, environmental areas to one to the other so I don't have the definition in front of me but as part of the planning for the process what we did was we went through an environment effect statement which is the highest level of environmental scrutiny we put these sort of projects through Um, and as part of that process identifies what the impacts of the project are going to be and that that includes the vegetation and also cultural heritage social impacts flooding um, all those kind of things the environment effect statement is then put before an independent panel who assesses the impact of what a project might have and then they make a recommendation to the Minister for Planning who then makes um, a final assessment of that and then it's um, it's changed in the planning scheme. So the, the project is effectively, effectively adopted in the planning scheme, um, both reserving the land and providing the conditions under which we need to work within. So that, that's the process that went through. So as part of that, we identified the very large old trees and large old trees um, as an estimate in the environment effects statement. What we then do is we go out on the ground when we're actually delivering the project to confirm the numbers or to verify the numbers because what we have to offset in terms of buying environmental offsets is what we actually impact rather than our earlier estimates. So as part of doing that, we've identified that there's been a discrepancy in that the estimate was um, low compared to what the actual impact has been. Um, And since this point... We've been working very diligently with the community to try and reduce that impact even further. So to the point now we've reduced where we think 
the final impact will be um, 834 large, old and scattered trees to be removed as part of the, the complete section from both to Ararat, which is around 35 k's. So that's double to quadruple your original estimate. How did that happen? Uh, we're still finalising the details of the, how the discrepancy occurred. It's, um, it's a complex assessment. So um, we'll, we'll know later in the month, but the discrepancy is probably a result of a number of things. Um, the first being that the scattered trees were identified in the appendices of the report, but not necessarily up the front. So the front um, estimate included all of the large old trees that were in groupings, but not necessarily the scattered. So when you sum them up, that's probably part of the reason for the discrepancy. And well, the other but reason... if you include the ones in the appendices, you get up to 470, and there was 221 in the main report. So 470 to 800 is obviously double. Um, yeah, so, so what I was getting to is that um, also what we do during the planning process is we do sampling. So we take representative samples and then apply that over a broader area. So it also would appear that the representative samples haven't been as representative as the entire area. So therefore, there's been an understatement that then when it gets multiplied by over multiple areas um, is further extended. So while we haven't nailed down to the last tree of where the discrepancy has arisen, um, that's what it looks most likely. So what we've said to our environmental consultation group is that we'll finalise that in the coming weeks where the discrepancy occurred and we'll make that fully public. And so they, in my view, they don't have permission to carry on with the project as they are now doing. When they found, when they went for a walk through and worked out really how many trees needed to come out according to them, they should have said, whoops, we haven't got approval for this road. We must um, go back and get approval for the project that actually we do want to carry out in this area. And they should have got another EES. But um, as I understand it, they didn't tell anyone. They just um, went on regardless. And does this mean that you're going to need to get a new environmental effects statement permit? Uh, no, it doesn't. So the environmental effects statement, it informs the planning scheme amendment. So the environment effects statement is basically the conglomeration of all of the studies that I mentioned before. Um, and then the planning scheme amendment, how it works is that it allows us to do the works and it also refers to the, us having to offset the actual impact that we make. So what we need to do and what we've been working with the Department of um, Land, Environment and Water on is making sure that we're, our offsetting is exactly matching what the impact we're having. So what we're doing is, is quite lawful and a normal process. The only thing is that our estimate is out by a factor that um, we probably wouldn't consider normal. And this is um, because the environmental effects statement isn't binding, that's right, isn't it? Uh, the environmental effects statement, it's a, a series of documents and a process that you go to to inform the panel. So, so it's not the actual approval as such, it's a process and a series of documents that are presented to a panel who then makes a recommendation to the minister and it's the Minister's decision that then amends the planning scheme. In case you didn't quite catch that, I'll quote from the website of the Department of Transport, Planning and Local Infrastructure and their document, How Does the Environmental Effects Statement Process Work? It says, While the Minister's assessment provides recommendations and is authoritative advice, it is not binding on decision-makers. You've had talks with uh, Vic Rhodes. Have you also talked to the Environment Department? Um, Lisa never once speak to us. Uh, 
Luke Dunellan won't speak to us. The state government trying to pretend we're not there. They will occasionally deign to respond to a letter, but it's usually a brush off, I'm, I'm sorry to say. And uh, so um, we're just hoping that um, the state government will um, improve and, uh, you know, consider really sitting down with us and talking because the problem's really not going to be, go away as much as they would like it to. It's only going to get bigger and the voices are only going to get louder and more numerous. And in your opinion, how would you like Vic Roads to proceed? I think what ha- needs to happen now, and they obviously will fight this to the death almost, they need to stop now. The works need to be suspended. So they've... Um, They've just got to say, right, we'll stop. So whatever contractual arrangements they're under, they have to sort that out. Have to, uh, in my view, they should stop immediately. They should submit themselves to an independent inquiry. Well, that big roads won't want to do that, but they should, and that would help improve their very tarnished and sullied public image. If they don't do it, then um, the state government should do the right thing and require them to submit to an independent um, inquiry and then only when and if everything is found to be above board um, can they continue but they would first have they'd first need to get um, approval under another EES so the EES would have to be for what they do intend rather than what they originally intended which was um, a minuscule amount of well, not really minuscule but um, they have exceeded that the ori- original approval by so much it's just you know vastly different you've been listening to earth matters bringing you environmental and social justice stories i'm Corey green thanks to all of our guests today we had greg moore senior research associate at the university of melbourne specializing in trees mick mccarthy acting executive director of regional operations for vic roads and helen lewis from community group wham western highway alternative mindsets if you want to get in contact with WAM, you can find them on Facebook or at saveroadsidetrees.com. WAM are interested in talking to people all around Victoria who are concerned about this issue. If you missed any of today's show, you can podcast it at 3cr.org.au slash earthmatters. Earthmatters would like to thank the good folk at the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their generous financial support and the dedicated people at the Community Radio Network for all their hard work in getting this program out to you. Earth Matters was produced in the studios at 3CR Radio in Fitzroy, Victoria, on the Kulin Nation. Our contact phone is 0394198377 and our email is earthmatters3cr at gmail.com. That's all for today, but we'll be back again next week. This track is by Julie Price and Louise Costa, who are actively involved in the WAM campaign. It's called People, Cars, Trucks and Trees. Trees need leaves and we need trees So leave those trees and leave for me The air needs leaves, the trees make breeze So leave those trees so we can breathe Creatures need trees and they leaves Just leave those trees For the creatures, please We can live in harmony People come
cars and trucks and trees Education is the key So just let those trees be We need trees and they need us The living things we must be just They ain't sick or ready to die Happy in the ground, just waving to the sky. We need trees, and they need us. They're a history, not just so. and trucks and trees education is the key so just let those trees be let those trees be downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia on the Kulin Nation. For more information and to find out how you can support 3CR, go to www.3cr.org.au.